everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. What can I say? Right? Got nothing to really complain about, so. Well, that's always, <laughs> I mean, if that's all you've got, that's not too bad. Right? <laughs> we yeah. have to give, uh, GB, the uh, early bird gets the worm. Right. Um, re reward, which is, you know, um, just an acknowledgement with no prizes promised. GB is first in the chat. Welcome. Language of horses, Jacqueline and Fran. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Come everybody. On. Yeah. We are live. On Facebook, RJ's and here. Hey, RJ. We are here. We are live. We are talking case updates this week, you guys. Ooh. And there's only about 27,000 of them. Mm -hmm. Hey, Robin, welcome. <laughs> Barbara, Barbara, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. And oh, man. Ooh, court this week is pretty hot. Tough to take. Tough to take. <laughs> Do we need to change our name, Paula? So excited for the What is Mark Means Up To Now show. <laughs> he did we, nothing today that we know of. No, no. But if you haven't heard our latest update on the Daybell Valo case, definitely uh, check out the pop-up we did yesterday. Yeah. Um, it's out everybody everywhere. Um, and we just want to say if... For, for a good time, for a good chuckle, check it out. Mm -hmm. uh, Lynn, yeah. Renee, Brandy, Moonbeam. We'll just say uh, the prosecutor can lay down a sick burn. And <laughs> we don't it's, really know how Mark will recover from this. No, I I, I have no idea. It, it's one of the sickest burns I've ever seen ever from a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. uh, and happy birthday to Renee. Her birthday is in... Uh, three days on the fourth so well, happy, happy birthday, birthday renee i just had mine on monday so yes yeah us us winter babies we're we're the best god loves yeah. us the best i don't know uh, that, uh, just, I don't us know. sagittarians it's you know we're leading astrologers said otherwise but it's fine i'm not gonna argue <laughs> <laughs> hey true, brandy true. So, well, Paula, you know, when Paula asked that, I had to run over to Twitter just to see, make sure there oh, wasn't yes, anything we missed. Idea. There wasn't. It's all good. However, you guys, I, I we said this in our show, but I'll say it again now because it's so weird. A few days ago, Mark Means posted, re, uh, tweeted a story about a prosecutor that was charged with wrongdoing in trying a case and uh, got charged and is going to jail. Oh Which don't you think that's just Mark Means' wet dream, you know? Uh, yes, yes. That's what he wants to see happen to mean or to a prosecutor would so bad. He just wants so to take the king to task. But it's yeah. not happening because no. he is but a lowly jester. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. A lowly jester. That is a great description. And You know, the only thing I have to say about that is that it does not matter who prosecutes this case. The evidence is what matters, mm -hmm. not the prosecutor, mm -hmm. dummy. <laughs> Trying to throw all this like, doubt out here that the prosecutor is all unethical and stuff. 
Wood could quit today and they just put somebody else in his position and on they go, you know, and like they buried the kids in their yard, you guys. I mean, come on, Mark. Yeah. Come on. This is not this is not a uh, rocket science kind of a situation here. No. And yeah. it's probably not a winnable case by any stretch of the imagination. No. And a good attorney right now would be getting everything together they could do and also trying to help their clients see the light in the ways of perhaps pleading to save themselves, uh, you know, some things like that to try to at least knock some of the charges down. There are things he should be doing as an attorney in this instance, but he's doing none of those things. Right. Yeah. Right. Yes. Love that the prosecution included in their brief that Mr. Means should ask his client what she said. <laughs> Yeah. The thing yeah, is, I'm yeah. quite sure he did. And that's where all of this hysteria has come from. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think but, so too. But it is. I also love that they said, you know, he certainly could have called Mr. Mm -hmm. McConkie. And right. he also chose not to do that. And instead threw a whole bunch of baseless, serious allegations out in the wind against him. Instead of just asking him. It is literally bizarro world. It truly is. So if you want to know more about what we're talking about, you didn't watch our live stream yesterday, go mm -hmm. check it out. Uh, what's it called? The prosecutor, the prosecutor slaps back or something like that or claps, claps back. back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hello to Christy. Yes. And Jessica. Yeah. Yes, welcome. Welcome. Well, uh, do you have anything you want to share or are we going to jump no. right in? I, I did make something today, but I forgot to bring it. I'll have to bring it tomorrow night to the psychic hour. Oh, well, there you go. It's, it's nothing fancy. I just foiled a little art piece to put on my mantle for, for Christmas. And, you know, out of four attempts, one finally worked. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. I think that's how what most of art is, is the attempt that worked. And what you never see is all of the parts that go in the garbage because they did not. Right. Luckily, I, it's I'm, all paper and it's recyclable, so I don't feel too terrible about that. <laughs> that right, that is good. Very good. Well, yeah. we did have excellent news that Haley was found alive. Yes. Haley Shell was found. Hey, Esther. Uh, Haley Shell was found. So, you know, we did her case last week. Her mom finally got a news station to talk to her. She had contacted all of the news stations in her area, and they had told her straight up, we don't do runaways. We, we, we focus our energy on more important cases, it, which is horrifying because more yeah. than 80% of teenage girls that end up in runaway situations end up in sex trafficking. Right. Because they were being groomed, they ran away for a reason, right. or because they get out on their own and they're just a really easy target. You know, right. there's a few reasons, but hey, Red mm -hmm. Girl and Jessica. But uh, at any rate, um, so she finally got a news station because of the pressure of a, po a podcast, a big true crime podcast, not us, someone else. Mm -hmm. who that we started was, it. Yes, we did start it. Mm -hmm. Who uh, is connected to a news station in Little Rock and they ran a big story on her. And guess what? A citizen saw that in Chicago and she saw Haley and she called the police and she is safe. Even in finding Haley and getting her back safely to her parents, there was 
some ridiculous drama with law enforcement. We need mm. some serious changes. Once they had, uh, it was actually the marshals that grabbed her mm. and turned her over to the sheriff's office. And the sheriff's office called mom and dad and they were like, well, we can't hold her on anything. So we're just going to take her to a teen homeless shelter and you can pick her up there. What? And they oh were like, God. please do not do that. We don't know that she'll run again. Right. right. Please don't what? do that. And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. So mom and dad freaking out, they managed to talk to marshals who found her and said, we're terrified that they're going to put her in the shelter. It was an unsecure shelter, just a, like a come and go place. Oh my and God. they were scared to death. It was a nine hour drive for them. So they're mm -hmm. frantically trying to get there. And in the meantime, there's no guarantee she'll be there when they get there at this rate. Oh my I mean, God. what the hell? What part of said, protecting children? Yeah. They said legally they just have no grounds to hold her. So there's really nothing they can do. Well, what? that's not true because she runaway is, is actually illegal. Wait. Anyways, the marshals got back involved and decided to, uh, they sat with her until her mom got there. Wow. Yeah. Well, good. But, yeah. But seriously, are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I agree. There needs to be some big changes here. GB said, I wish that uh, teens would not be considered uh, runaways anymore. Agreed. Right. We have to stop considering them runaways. These kids can't do a damn thing until they're 18. They can't right. open a bank account. They can't work without their parents' permission. They can't even really get medical care without their parents' help or permission. There's right. so many things they cannot do. They can't be legally considered an adult until they're 18. And yet if they run away, we're like, huh, have a nice life. How? I guess they're just making their own choices now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They're children. They're children. Mm -hmm. Well, one of you guys uh, brought us another case on our uh, Facebook page today from mm. Instagram. I might find it um, that, uh, yeah, another case that uh, it's a runaway, but now she's been gone for a couple of weeks and mom is absolutely frantic and is really struggling. This one is, I believe, in Texas mm. and, of course, is really struggling to get uh, law enforcement to take it seriously and help her at all or anyone else. What the hell? Yeah. I mean, kids like that end up in sex trafficking. They end up living on the streets. Yeah. They end up getting killed. Yeah. That is just horrifying. And our system just doesn't give a damn. No. That's unreal. But in Idaho, she would have been charged with runaway and she would have been put in detention. Mm -hmm. That's, I, and maybe this state, these states are different, but mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Like they need to be put somewhere safe so that they don't take off again. So their parents yeah. can get to them and see what the hell's going on. Yeah. Yep. It's insane. Absolutely. It's crazy. It's crazy. There needs to be some real uh, reform here and a lot because of the sex tra trafficking angle. Oh, right. There's something really serious happening here that needs to be addressed. Right. Well, and a lot of homeless kids are also victims of sex trafficking. I mean, it happens in a lot of different ways. Ooh. Absolutely. So well, her name... I'm going to tell you guys about her since we talked about her just because sure. uh you know spotlights on these cases never hurt you never know mm -hmm. when somebody sees something so her name is violet 
I'm going to share her picture here. Sorry. Take me a minute. Okay. This is what she looks like. And her name is Violet. Help me. It's L L U N I E W S K I. Lenuski? Yeah, Violet Lenuski. So she is 15. And this is what mom says. Mom says uh, that she ran away initially, but uh, it's now been more than two weeks and no one has seen anything. Oof. And she's very afraid. That is super scary. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So keep an eye on that one too. And we will too. If that goes on much longer, maybe we'll reach out to mom. Yeah. See what we can do to run a story. Cover. This was in Aubrey, Texas, by the way. Okay. Okay. Because yeah, well, we have to quit acting like these runaway cases don't matter. They matter right. just as much. These are missing children. Of course they matter. Yeah. So speaking of... Let's talk about the Josh Duggar trial that started Ugh. today. Hold on. Let me get my barf bag ready. Oh my right. God. So you probably know Josh Duggar is one of the kids from the 19 Kids and, Ca- and Counting reality show. Uh, you know, the Duggars. Mm-hmm. And he is charged with possession of child pornography. And with dis- distribution of child pro- pornography. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's what his defense says. Uh, yeah, he didn't know how to do that. He didn't have the te- technical knowledge to do it. Because what <laughs> he did, yeah, I'm like, please. That's the defense? Okay. That's the whole, so far, that's the whole defense. So what he did is he virtually split his HP desktop into two independent like sides so basically made it into two computers which you can do with software Mm -hmm. so that meant he used his computer at his used car dealership on one side of that computer of the memory of that computer for business and then the other side he was storing all kinds of child pornography Mm -hmm. he was also using um, other kinds of software to share that child pornography with other predators Mm-hmm. So he's his attorney says, oh, he just didn't even know how to do anything like that. Mm-hmm. And his defense attorney had the gall. Oh, I would like to kick this guy square in the nuts. Oh, well, describes... Line him up right next to Maxwell's attorney, but we'll yes. get there. Yeah. Um, so he describes the case as an old fashioned whodunit. Because <laughs> someone, yeah, because someone else must have done that to Josh Duggar's computer. You know, the computer at his business that he owns. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing though, because Josh Duggar, he's an idiot. Yeah. And so when the back in 2019, the FBI that basically they caught this exchange of child pornography going on and some kind of uh searching yeah. software. Yeah. And they they traced the IP address to Josh Duggar's business. Mm-hmm. And so the FBI shows up there and they're just asking some questions and, um, you know, kind of just, you know, pal- being chummy with him. And he's an idiot and doesn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. he gets into a vehicle so they can talk to him. 
And he literally says, this fucking kills me. <laughs> he says, so what, guys? So what's going on? Someone downloading child porn? Yeah. I mean, seriously? <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. That's what he said. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then they um, they record this conversation with him. And he's just all being chummy and palling around with them. And they ask him, you know, if 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 this uh, internet provider is his internet provider. And he says yes. And his iPhone and MacBook and HP desktop are all devices that he uses in the car lot. And they are all connected to that internet. So they're just confirming without him realizing it that his it's his iPhone, IP address. His laptop, his desktop. But he doesn't have any tech skills, guys. Right. So don't worry yeah. about it. He can't be committing crimes with these things because he doesn't know how to use them. He's just a big idiot. Yeah. Well, he is a big idiot, idiot, but he's not that big of an idiot. Mm -hmm. He also said that these devices do all have passwords, but his wife and children do frequently access his devices. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. Christy froze, or I did. I'm not sure. I guess we'll give her just a minute Files here. with another device directly. And so peer-to-peer, he said yes, that he does have experience with that. And that um, he, in fact, has used peer- peer-to-peer uh, networks on all three of his devices. And guess how he was sharing this? Wow. Yeah. So he admits to all of it to well, the... FBI. So bad. Like they describe one series of videos in a zip file labeled, yeah. I think, Marissa, that is an eight year old little girl and shots of her genitals and of her being put in a cage. Yes. I mean, it's, oh. Yeah. And remember, this is the guy who was already in trouble for molesting his sisters and other little girls in his church when he was a teenager. Right, right. Like there's no doubt that he's got a problem yeah so so they're asking him all this stuff and then he's like so did something happen on my devices did it mark this ip address you know like just such an idiot um so anyway all of the stuff that his defense attorney says is bullshit Mm -hmm. because he applied or he or he admitted all of this to the fbi agents Mm mm-hmm um, so he has been out on a, an ankle monitor, which fortunately gave him the opportunity to impregnate his poor wife another time. Mm-hmm. And she had a baby on November 16th with this moron. What number seven? Yeah. Their seventh baby. And she shows up in court with him hand in hand. Come on, Anna. You know, I had compassion for a while because that christian fundamentalist life i understand that to some degree i get it but seriously lady enough is yeah. enough what are you doing yeah your children do not deserve this shit right yeah so that's what happened on day one of the Duggar trial um you know it's mm-hmm. gross and yeah super gross. <laughs> the defense said it, it this is wildly unfair because Investigators investigated this way too slowly, and if they would have gotten on it sooner, they might have had a different outcome. What does that even mean? It's ridiculous. Uh, 
maybe it meant that they should have saved Josh from himself sooner. I or uh, it meant that maybe. Uh, maybe it could have been employees that worked for Josh that don't work there anymore, and so they just don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So it's super gross, and you know we're just going to continue watching this. Well, you know, gag yeah. for you and tell you how it goes. Um, yeah. it, it's just stupid though because they have so much evidence against him there's mm -hmm. and also the prosecution wants to bring in his prior acts the uh the sexual abuse of his sisters and their babysitter yeah. and uh the defense tried to stop that because it would be prejudicial and blah 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 and the judge said nope it's in yeah yes his mugshot is creepy and disturbing he is so yeah, smug yeah. He is so sure he's just going to get away with whatever he wants. Ugh. Mm -hmm. Oh, come yeah. on. Last time, Daddy dealt with it. You know? Right. Daddy dealt with it. He was given the option, basically, of dealing with it. They sent him away for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it was all better. He's all better now. Yeah, no. All he is now. not. No. Yeah. No. He is disgusting. Yeah. Well, and here, the thing that makes me so mad. So he was at, let out on an ankle monitor and the rule was he wasn't, he was only allowed to see his children in the presence of his wife. Yeah. We're trusting she, her to keep those kids yeah, safe. She, Sorry, but I'm not keep, buying that. Yeah, me either. I know. I was like, oh, please. Mm -hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. His parents didn't make him accountable. They made things harder on the daughters. Absolutely. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. So, speaking of disgusting, yep. tell us about the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. How's it going? Oh, my gosh. You know, some people watch TV and yell during sports. <laughs> I apparently watch TV and yell during court cases because, oh, my God, this defen or, uh, defense attorney is such a dick. Oh, it's killing me. Oh, it's awful. The way she has spoken to Jane. Jane is the first uh, witness. And she testified yesterday and today. And the things that have been said to her, she's been absolutely diminished and cut down to a pile of rubble. It is so ugly. And it makes me so goddamn mad because exactly. any girl who is watching this who has been through something similar is going, that will never be me. Right. You know, right. I don't want to sit on wow. that stand. I don't want to be talked to like this. I don't want to feel like this. It's awful. Now you're well, not and they're trying to hold her to stuff. Right. That is happened when she was a child in the nineties. And so if she doesn't have the exact dates or the exact details, right. They're all over her. Like what the hell? She was a victim of sexual abuse as a child in the 90s, yeah, she's right. going to get some stuff wrong. All victims. Most would. That's definitely. Totally yeah. not unusual. Well, and to be fair, we're not watching the Maxwell trial because it's a federal trial. And right. you haven't been able to watch a federal trial since the 60s. That's just right. not a thing. So it's reading the the recaps that I'm just, I, it actually takes my breath away. I'm so frustrated. Um, there was one exchange here that really got to me. She said... She pointed out that Jane is an actress now. Well, yes. 
you know, she really, there was a whole, a real undertone here of you can't move on with your life. If this happened to you, if it, it's true, then surely you haven't been able to grow up and move on with your life, you know? Yeah. So she said to her, cause she's an actress on a soap opera. She said, is an actor someone who plays the role of a fictional character and someone who takes lines borrowed from a writer? And Jane says, yes. She said, asked if characters in soap operas had tangled interpersonal relationships and if they responded in a melodramatic and sentimental way. She said melodramatic repeatedly to Jane as if that this is just a melodrama. She's just, oh, yeah. Uh, she asked if Jane had played a number of different characters, including a protective mother, a prostitute, a car crash victim, and someone stalked by serial killers. And Jane answered yes and uh, said, not my favorite storyline when asked about playing the role as a prostitute. And then she asked her, actually, so the prosecutor redirects to her and says, do you know the difference between acting and testifying in court? And she says, acting on television is not real. And testifying in court is real and is the truth. It's so disgusting that it's she's awful. acting like because she's an actress now that the allegations that she made about the sex abuse that she suffered in the 90s, that somehow this is all just a big show. Oh, yeah. Well, it's that it's horrible. all about money because, you know, mm -hmm. Epstein's a bunch of Epstein's money was seized and they made a, a fund for his victims. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these women got some money as well. They should, at least they get something. And mm -hmm. so then it was just all about money. And, Oh, it was so, who is this woman, this defense attorney? Like what is manager manager what is wrong with her? Like yeah. there is something wrong with her to have. And I'm sure they did this on purpose to have a woman, uh, you know, cross-examining, yeah. Yeah, but it's gross. Like she's got problems that she yeah. would treat somebody who is a sexual abuse victim like that. It's just disgusting. It's really gross. It's awful. Well, yeah. and they also managed to get the judge to agree to let them bring in an expert witness on wrong memories. Yeah. You know, the thing is, these allegations have been made many times. I mean, clear back in the early 2000s they were made you know like it's not like this is all brand new they're just coming up with it now that isn't true at all many of these victims have made allegations multiple times and it never went anywhere or he got what did he get that one time like just like a few months the one time that Epstein was convicted yeah. like this has been brewing for more than 20 years mm -hmm. yeah. and so it's not like these stories are new they're not no new. no they're not well, and yesterday they had the pilot on the stand, Epstein's pilot, and he did say that he had had Donald Trump on his plane. He had had Bill Clinton on his plane. He had had, you know, several other people whose names have come up before who I can't right. pull off the top of my head right now. But that's created a big firestorm today of people defending Trump. This isn't when Trump's not on trial right now. Shut the hell up. Right. Pay attention to what's going on here. There are going to be famous names come out. We don't know that any of them will ever have charges or be prosecuted, but um, I'm going to have a hard time holding any modicum of respect for any of them at this point because right. absolutely, this is disgusting. Yeah. 
It surely is. It surely is. And, and so I mean, if you what need it comes a... down to is that Ghislaine Maxwell was the head trafficker in yeah. this sex trafficking ring. You know, I mean, right. give me a break. She was. And so if you're confused at all about how this worked, essentially what they would do is they were honing in on little girls that were around 14 and hiring them to come and work on Epstein's Island or work at parties and things under the guise of doing work, you know, yeah. serving drinks or cleaning or helping the cook or, you know, whatever. And then paying their families out bigly, you know, mm -hmm. giving their families like way more money than they should have for right. whatever these little summer jobs supposedly were mm -hmm. and getting these girls to these places and then grooming them to be molested and molesting them and allowing their guests to molest them and, and have sex with them. And that's kind of how it worked. But then in the fall, they'd be returned back home to go to school. And yeah. some of them told their parents, some of them didn't, some of them came back a time and time again. Some of them didn't out of fear, out of necessity. You know, J mm -hmm. Jane had said that her family uh, was very poor and in, I, they weren't poor. That was the thing. They weren't poor. They were poorly run. They had money, but they were always mm -hmm. broken in a financial crisis. And so this money that was being provided to her family because of her efforts, she felt responsible for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and in some, it was literally just recruiting girls, getting one girl to recruit other girls her age uh -huh. to come in and give Jeffrey massages. Yeah. Well, and for some of these girls, it was identifying someone, a young woman who, you know, was really talented or gifted in some way and mm -hmm. offering to pay for them to go to school or offering to pay for yes. them to study abroad or do various things that would really benefit them and call it a scholarship. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, yeah. that um, we're going to make your dreams you know, come true. But yeah, we're going to do this shit to you for years. And then, yeah. And then you're going to owe us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. It's awful. But that that is what their MO is. And what we've learned is that that's the face of sex trafficking. We mm -hmm. think sex trafficking is kids that just disappear and never show back up again. And that is sex trafficking, too. That does happen. But more likely, it's stuff like this. Right. It's young women getting roped into this kind of stuff. And they are children. They are children. It doesn't matter. It does not matter if they think this is consensual. They are children. It isn't. They can't consent. They don't understand what's happening to them. Many of them, it took them years to really be able to process and understand yeah. what they had gone through, what really happened to them. Yeah. And to have other girls and a woman, Ghislaine Maxwell, there made mm -hmm. it seem like everything would be okay because who would think that an adult woman would draw yeah. girls into a situation like this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like in the case of Jane, she did receive $5 million from the Epstein, uh, you know, relief fund. And she told the prosecutor she wishes she'd never taken that money because she hates the fact that it, you know, they're still trying to say that she's only doing this to benefit financially, which I don't know what the hell the financial benefit would be. But, you know, she, however, she said, 
I needed that money to help me to pay me back for everything I have done and gone through to try to make myself okay. Yeah. That's the thing. These women will never be okay no. from these experiences. They won't. No. And at least there's something that they can do. Yeah. yeah. So we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep uh, sharing what we're seeing and oh, it's awful, but it looks like there's probably a new witness coming to the stand tomorrow. Uh, they did finish up with Jane today and then her boyfriend at the time, uh, was called and testified as well today. So yeah, because he shared some, some things with her at the, with him at the time that they were happening. Yes. So we think a new, uh, yeah, a new person will be on the stand tomorrow, a new victim. So we'll see. Yeah, I guess there's, there are going to be four who testify. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So yikes. Uh, Katie, you want to tell us about the Kahluas? Ugh. Yeah. So the Kaluas, yeah. Remember, this is uh, the parents of Ariel Kalua that, uh, or Isabella. Isabella Kalua was the name they changed her name to when they adopted her. Her given name is Ariel. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, but so you're going to hear you hear her called both names because her bio family calls her Ariel. And most mm -hmm. people have kind of reverted back to calling her Ariel because that was her given name and it was her name for the better part of her life. And nobody wants to stick with the name that these jackasses gave her. So she's back to Ariel mostly. Right. Sellers, Ariel Sellers. Anyway. All right. Um, so they were in court yesterday and they have pled not guilty to murder. Remember, they're both being charged. They have first degree murder charges on both yes. of them. Um, I think it's worrisome. They do not have a body. No, they don't. They have the eyewitness account from the older sister. Uh, we don't know what other evidence they might have. Hopefully there's more than that, but they don't have a body. And that no. I think is is worrisome in this case. I, I do too. I, you know, I know there's a lot of pressure to get them charged and get them right to court, you know, and hold them accountable. But if they're rushing it too much, yeah, they look like crap. Right. Don't they look rough? My mama mm -hmm. looks rough. Holy yeah. hell. Yeah, but, but rushing this, it really could be, you know, against yeah. the best interest of the case. I wish they would take a little bit more time and see if they can get the location of her little body, mm -hmm. you know, because they don't know and they're not talking. Yeah. No. Yeah. So hopefully it, it's my hope beyond hope that there's a bunch of digital evidence that we don't know about yet, you know? Yes. And, and I'm sure there is because we'll we, hear a lot of that in the prelim. I'm sure. Yeah. We haven't seen a prelim yet, so we don't really know what they have, Yeah, but yeah, they're horrible. Awful. Okay. Awful. Awful. Yeah. So uh, also prosecutor did say mm -hmm. that he, uh, they were in financial straits. One thing they did know about them is that they were in financial straits. However, there wasn't really any talk of or, you know, indication that there was like life insurance money or anything like that. I mean, initially it looked like she died in the uh, the course of them abusing her, you know. Right. And so I, I'm not sure about that statement, why he made that comment, but that was one thing that was said. Yeah, that that's interesting because it does really make you wonder, like, what was the purpose of saying that, you know? So anyway, yeah. well, we'll, 
We'll keep y'all updated on that. Kind of suspect. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Gerald Pizzuto. You might, you may remember this case. We did this case a while back. We talked about Gerald Pizzuto. He has been on death row in Idaho since 1985. He beat a man and a woman to death with a hammer near McCall, Idaho. And here's what's going on with him now. We talked about him because he's been on death row for so long. And he's actually had an execution date like three times. And it just never happens. Well, he is now terminally ill, like confined to a wheelchair, terminally ill. On hospice, yeah. On Yeah, on hospice. And so yeah. um, his attorneys are uh, trying to get the Idaho Commission of Pardons and Parole to just um, commute his sentence to life in prison um, because he's going to die anytime. Mm-hmm. And they really feel like, you know, do we really have to kill a dying man? He's not a threat to anybody. He's been literally on death row since 1985. Yeah, but here's the thing. He's been on hospice since 2019. Yeah. He's lived a lot longer than expected. Mm -hmm. But they obviously don't want to execute him. Right. Um, You know, he's got a developmental disability. He's had... He had a whole bunch of head injuries as a little kid. He's experienced horrendous abuse. Not Mm. to negate what he did at all, but I do feel like um, the the prison system is feeling very uncomfortable about executing him. What his sister said at the pregnancy hearing is horrifying. They said as a child, their father uh, repeatedly raped beat him with boards and a horse whip and other objects, psychologically abused him by forcing him to sleep outside and eat from a pig trough in the basement. Yeah. He had a horrifying, Awful. horrifying childhood. Yeah, he did. He did. And now he's dying. He actually has bladder cancer along with several other issues. So the board of Par- the board of pardons, what they heard testimony yesterday uh, to commute his sentence. So we're just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with him. It's just odd because, I mean, in a way they already have. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they've had opportunity to execute him several times and right. never have. So mm-hmm. this is just, I guess, formality now to just make that official, to just let him die in prison. They're not trying to get him out. They're just saying, no. can he just, you know, no. die in prison and, you know, not try to sub- you know, it's not like he's a risk to anybody at this point. Right. Hey, Gabriella. Right. Right. And, and he's not. I don't. This one is really it's hard. Uh, part of the kind of ongoing conversation about him is that he has a quite a low IQ and yeah. developmental disabilities and delays because of child abuse. Yeah. He had three significant head injuries when he was little. He fell down the stairs at three had a knockout blow from his stepfather at eight and then a bicycle crash at 14, all three of which were severe brain injuries. Yeah. And he has uh, what they called borderline intellectual functioning. Right. Right. Which is right on the edge of um, it's, it's some, his IQ is probably somewhere in the seventies. Uh, they said it IQ tests ranged from 60 to 92. Yeah. 
So he's just on the edge, you yeah. know. Just but borderline no, is, is in the is in the seventies somewhere. So yeah. yeah. So there's a real conversation there about do we execute developmentally delayed prisoners? Is that right? right. You know, right. and that's been one of the arguments in executing him all along, and you know, coming up again because of the clemency hearing. This right. one really, it's sad. The whole thing is They're awful. Just, there is no right answer. I mean, he, of course, he did a terrible thing. Yeah. And he's experienced terrible things himself. So, mm-hmm. no, they're not They're not going for compassionate release. They've made it really clear. And Paul was just asking about that. They've made it really clear that they're not trying to ask for him to be released, but to just let no. him die in prison is what they're asking for. Yeah. Yeah. So on one hand, on one hand, he's dying. Hey, Betty. He's dying. Welcome, Betty. Nice to see you. He's on. Hey, Sherry. Uh, he's dying and he's on death row and he's already, you know, in terrible shape. There's part of me that's like, why doesn't he want to take the window out? You know? Right. Is it just so scary? I don't know. I mean, I know. Maybe that seems like a really heartless question, but that was kind of my kind first of thought. Like cruel, I guess. Maybe. For the state yeah. to kill a dying man. Well, and to just go mm-hmm. through the process of it. That I mean, an execution itself is extremely expensive for a state and you know it's a huge operation and if he's yeah. dying already why yeah. right yeah. right that really is the question it really brings up a lot of questions around the death penalty and what do we do you know i mean when you consider that someone's been on death row since um 1985 and, and yeah. they're old enough now to be dying like this is how long i don't know yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, he murdered two people with a hammer. He is where he should be. Yes. However, I, it's amazing to me how often people commit crimes like this and they do not nearly this much time. Not nearly this yeah. much time. This was a really, really intense one. Really intense murder and, not that and I really intense sentence. Think that, yeah. And not that I think the, the sentence was necessarily wrong or at least life in prison, prison you know, for, for what he did do, but... I don't know. This one tugs at my heartstrings. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's been on death row for 36 years. I mean, Mm -hmm. clearly they know they shouldn't execute him. I'm guessing that they'll just stay the execution. They stayed it. They canceled it so that they could have the clemency hearing. I'm guessing this is just going to kind of drag out till he dies. Yeah. That's what I think too. They're just trying to make it legal and official mm-hmm. because it's what but they've been doing anyway it is it is but seriously he's been on hospice for two years yeah when you go on hospice they indicate that they don't think that you can live more than six months he's been on hospice for two years that's a long time to be on it hospice. is it is a long time to be on hospice so he must be pretty imminent i would imagine i would imagine yeah anyway, i don't know well last but certainly not least let's talk about Ethan Crumbly, who is uh, the person who is charged with committing the school shooting in Michigan this morning. Yesterday morning. Or yesterday morning. Yeah. I have to say that his mugshot is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's this is a this is a big one because this kid has been in major trouble and in behavior in a be and what a behavioral problem at the school for a while. His hmm. parents 
have been brought into the school. They were in the school the morning of the shooting for yeah. a meeting on his behavior. Yeah. And it does really make you wonder, like, yeah, you know. How much is enough? Yeah. Right. Yeah. How much is enough? Well, yeah. and they did say in court today that uh, they recovered two separate videos from his cell phone that he made right before the night before the incident, talking about shooting and killing students the next day at Oxford High School. And they found a journal in his backpack detailing his desire to shoot up the school to include murdering students. Like this was very yeah. well thought out. One of the very things much he meditated. Absolutely. One of the things that he did that absolutely blows my mind, and it, I think this is so chilling because you guys, if you have kids here in the U.S., you've, your kids have been through it too since the time they were little, right? They've gone through all of the shooter drills at their school. They're scary. They're humbling. They're traumatizing. They're terrible, right? Yeah. Well, he has two all this time. Right. So he knows what those are all about. So yeah. he did the thing that he thought would get them start opening room or doors because in accordance with the drill, when the sheriff knocks on the door and says, all clear, this is the sheriff. We're all clear. You can come out and unlock the door. They do. Yeah. So he pounded on the door of a classroom and announced that, uh, sheriff here, all clear. Go ahead and come on out. And the students thought that seemed weird. And said, no, it's, this is too close to home. We're not doing it. And he said, come on, bro. It's all good out here. And the kid goes, bro. He said, bro, that's a red flag. We're not coming out. Yeah. But it was a clue to them that he was at the door. So a bunch of them bailed out the window in that classroom yeah. and ran to yeah. safety, which they should not have done because you don't know how many shooters there are. They ran right out into an open quad. But I get it. They were panicked. They were scared. They knew he well, was on the other side like of the door went this way yeah right they felt like they knew where he was yeah so he has been charged as an adult yeah he's charged with one count of terrorism four counts of first degree murder seven counts of assault with an intent to murder and 12 counts of possession of a firearm yeah. i guess i have a lot of questions about if their kid was such a behavior issue how yeah. did he have the guns and access to them? Where did they come from? Where yeah. did they come from? How did he have the journal that no one who was looking at? The videos on his cell phone? Mm -hmm. Some of the things on his social media that were disturbing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to admit it. I have a kid who, when he was in high school, was a major behavior issue. Mm -hmm. And we searched everything on that kid on a very regular basis yeah. to make sure that he was safe. Mm -hmm. His phone, his backpack, his school stuff, his bedroom all got searched yeah. on a regular basis to make sure that we didn't, we weren't, you know, missing something. Yeah. And I just really questioned how did he have access to those firearms? 
And I know from reading about him that he was into hunting. But when you have a really angry, raging teenage boy, mm-hmm. you know, I got to say, guns are a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. And I just look at this like, I don't want to blame his parents because I also know how difficult it is to have a kid who's acting out. Yeah. But I do question, were they taking this seriously enough with him? Yeah. Like, how did he get, how yeah. did he get, um, access to some of that stuff that's that's a concern for me yep yep good question yeah it just makes me wonder like did they just not think that he would yeah didn't question that he could be violent like this yeah maybe not maybe not i don't know but they did allow him i mean his social media showed that he had access to a firearm and he practiced with a handgun. Yeah. Well, his mother posted a letter on social media in November 2016 that was an open letter to Donald Trump uh, all about thanking him for her right to bear arms and mm. lots of other stuff too that whatever. I mean, I, this is, I, I don't mean for our channel to get political. It just gets real, you know? It just gets real. But uh, she said, as a female and a realtor, thank you for allowing my right to bear arms, allowing me to be protected if I show a home to someone with bad intentions. Thank you for respecting that amendment. She complained about parents at other schools where kids come from illegal immigrant parents and don't care about learning. And then signed the letter, Mm. a hardworking middle-class law-abiding citizen who is sick of getting fucked in the ass and would rather be grabbed by the pussy. Pardon my language. Good God. Well, so I guess you these just are the answered all my questions. Him. Thank you. Yep. These are the people who raised him. His anger, his growing anger, is systemic of their anger. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it. That's just mm-hmm. absolutely horrifying. It, the whole thing is horrifying, but... Yeah, I don't know. Yep. I mean, this kid was a red flag, was a was a burning flag, you know. Yeah, right. Your right to bear arms doesn't mean your she- teenagers should bear arms. Exactly. Yeah, you know, we have to remember that teenage brains are not fully developed, and especially right. teenage boy brains take longer to develop, and so they're much more impulsive. Mm-hmm. It's just. Uh, yikes yeah 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 so we'll keep watching this but we did want to just kind of give you an update on what what's going on here and kind of where that was but it's it's scary to me how many of these kids are a big red flag in their community but they still don't get help Mm -hmm. when they need it you know and we're just seeing it again Mm mm-hmm Yep. It's horrifying. It is. Every time this happens, it's horrifying. But, yep, seeing stuff like this, reading stuff like this, it's, that's pretty tough to take. Yep. Yeah. Well, and, and Kat, I, I agree with you. You know, I have a son with schizophrenia, and, you know, it used to be that a person with a, you know, severe and persistent mental illness 
could not own a gun and that's been changed in the last few years mm-hmm. and you know and i agree she cats is not in a mean way just for protection of all yes mm-hmm. agreed agreed yeah there are certain people who shouldn't own guns and teenagers on that are on the top of the list as far as i'm concerned because kids don't understand the consequences of their actions no they, they do things impulsively we need to protect them from themselves mm-hmm. until they can make clearer decisions. Yeah. See, Betty's in the UK where they don't have arms. I'm sure, Betty, every time we have another freaking school shooting here, you guys are so puzzled, you know, about how the hell this keeps happening. And we are too. Do I have a link where I can see the mother's letter? Yeah, I'll post it here in the chat. It was at the end of the same article. Uh, It's a Daily Beast article if you want to go find it there, but I'll post a link to it too. Yeah, kids are impulsive, so many emotions. Exactly. And and so they shouldn't be allowed to have access to things that can kill other people when they don't fully understand, you know, and, and do I think that this boy didn't understand what he was doing? No, he definitely did. Yeah. This was this was premeditated, this was planned, they found all kinds of information about that it was. Yeah. Oh, totally. Bianca, I posted that. Uh, it's a very long article, and the mom's letter is towards the very bottom. You'll have to scroll way down. Yeah. But it's there. Being a teenager is literal hell. It is. It yeah. is. And we have to protect our teenagers because mm-hmm. they can't always protect themselves, you know? Right. And right. other people. Well, people start, they, we forget how very uh, undeveloped their brains are. And how, you know, it's a challenging time because in some ways they present as adults and adults, uh, you know, sometimes kind of buy into that, you know, and think that this kid of yours is your friend and is, uh, you know, your little angel and is also, you know, capable of making good and appropriate decisions with a firearm or otherwise with other weapons or whatever, or, right. or even just with social media, you know, I've been blown away sometimes at seeing some of the epic errors kids make on social media or the terrible things they do with it. Yes. These kids don't know what the hell they're doing. Right. And we have to quit pretending like we think they do. They don't. Right. It's just exactly, it's the same as the, the conversation we were having earlier about mm-hmm. teenager, teenagers running away. Yeah. Well, they don't know how to keep themselves safe and take care of themselves. They don't. I don't care if they're 15, 16, 17. They still don't know how to do those things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It takes a lot of time and energy and patience to raise a teen. Mm -hmm. Raise my glass to that, red girl. (laughs) Our dear friend Terry used to say that what it takes to raise a teen is lots of rock throwing and screaming at the river. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Also that. with a box of wine. Mm-hmm. With a box of wine, yes. <laughs> right. They're still trying to figure out who they are. They need guidance. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. And they make choices that can ruin their lives mm-hmm. and ruin the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> GB, I still apologize to my parents for how I was as a teen. <laughs> right? Let's see. Uh, The frontal lobe doesn't finish maturing until your early 20s. That is correct. And that is only if there has been no trauma, because every time there's any kind of trauma, whether it's physical to the brain or sometimes the body, if an illness isn't bad enough, or there's any kind of child abuse or mental trauma, 
development mm -hmm. stops for a certain period of time and then it'll kind of start up again. And so that's why so often, you know, uh, kids turn 18 and, you know, we have this weird idea that they're suddenly adults and they're not, they're just not, but especially no. boys, because they do develop slower, but also any kids who have been through trauma, be it grief and, and a terrible loss. Uh, sometimes it's, you know, a, a divorce, a big shakeup in the family. Child abuse is a huge, uh, you know, uh, culprit of this, but right. We've had lots of starts and stops in development. We've had lots of starts and stops in brain development. And sometimes that doesn't catch up until mid-20s. Yes, you know? definitely. Definitely. So it is something, you know, yeah. that we have to be aware of. For sure. And Red Girl, now we have to cover topics we never had to discuss as kids. Right? Definitely. Remember when we had earthquake drills? We were all like... Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know where you guys live. Maybe you had earthquakes, so this seemed more relevant. For us, it was like, okay, we'd climb under our desks and laugh for a minute, and we were done because we didn't mm -hmm. have earthquakes, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, we do. We have earthquakes every day, but they're small. Right, but they're so small. it's not like, yeah. 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 Well, and some of you guys, I'm sure, had to have tornado drills, and we never had to have those where we live either, but. Yeah. 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 And I my daughter was telling me just today about one of her teachers, um, her, when she was in high school, her classroom was the first one down the hall from the main door. So if someone came in the door and headed for a classroom, like as a shooter, that would be where you would go first, potentially, mm -hmm. right? This was what the home ec wing. And she also, she was young and had been through a school shooting as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so she was so afraid of having a school shooting. And every time they had a drill like that, Matea said she would go pale and shake and cry. And like, it was horrible for her. Mm -hmm. And because they were the uh, home ec wing, that's where they do preschool. And so they had the preschool bathroom in her classroom. So it's a big bathroom with an additional door that locks. And she'd cram all those kids in the bathroom and lock that door. So they weren't just, the classroom was locked as well, but they'd be in there, uh, you know, to be super duper safe. Yeah. But one time the rule at their school is that the principal has to unlock the door. You don't leave the door. Even if the sheriff were to knock on the door, you don't leave your room. Well, they couldn't find the key to her classroom or couldn't make it work. Oh, it was the bathroom. Mm -hmm. They unlocked the classroom, but they couldn't unlock the bathroom door. And she and the students stayed in the bathroom for three hours. Oh, my gosh. And the principal's like, you can come out. And she's like, no, no. The rule is you unlock the door. And he's like, well, we can't find the key. She's like, well, find it because we're not coming out. Anyway, so <laughs> she in a, a class of about 12 students and they had her, they made an agreement. We're not coming out. We're following the rules. We're going to be safe. We're smart. The uh, police chief passed his badge under the door so she could see it. And she said, <laughs> We're not coming out. And they had to get a locksmith to come over there and uh, get a key going and unlock that door. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Her point being that every time we have a drill like this, we're locking ourselves in the bathroom. So you better come up with a key. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Well, good for her. Yeah. Wow. Wow. But the trauma just of those drills is horrible, let alone well, the yeah. trauma of... Yeah. And then going through something like this. Yeah. Yeah.
it's just terrible and they lost four four kids yeah yeah that there were three died initially and one died today yeah yep right it was a mini break from class right they all had their phones i'm sure they were just uh chilling in there but mm -hmm. a rule's a rule bro <laughs> yeah well you know if you're gonna make a safety plan like that you you have to follow it mm -hmm. yeah anyway that just cracked me up i knew that teacher she was great uh actually mars was stalked at school when she all was right. a sophomore she said we were having a stalking problem and that teacher went to bat. She marched right into the office. She grabbed the principal. She insisted that they do something. And, you know, and then of course we got involved as well. And then a little later in the year when there was kind of another problem that flared up, she was all over it. I was so impressed with her. And like she was, it was her first or second year teaching. She was like 23. She was really young. She was close to the age of the students. But she was fearless and she was about, you know, five feet tall and a hundred pounds soaking wet. And she was fearless. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. Gotta love teachers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we'll keep following the, the case there and we just send much love to that school yeah. and the families of the victims. I just, ugh. and all the students and the teachers and yeah. it's yeah. just sickening that we have to go through this again. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is all of our updates for tonight. Yeah. And so, and, and that's a lot. I feel like I'm still trying to process it all. So mm -hmm. we will be back uh, tomorrow <laughs> at nine or one thirty or two thirty. Okay. Let me check the site just <laughs> right now to see if there's anything. That's there's supposed changed. to be a Chad Daybell hearing tomorrow, but. There are all of these different times out there, and we do not know which one is right. <laughs> no, going to try to whatever saying. happens with that. So there could be court at nine, and if there is, we'll be here. And if not, there will be court at one thirty. And if not, there will be court at two thirty. All three mm -hmm. times have been published. All in Mountain. So we will yeah. do our level best to be here uh, to help out with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, to share that. Then tomorrow at 4.30, yes. Mountain, my hair is driving me nuts. Um, we are starting a new little live stream show on our TikTok channel. Yes. If you're a TikToker, go find True Crime Paranormal. We will be there. Uh, we're starting a show called True Crime Chat. And it's every Thursday at 4.30 Mountain. Yeah. So we would love it if you would come and chat with us. We're just going to chat about some current cases and talk with people in the chat about where they're at with some of this true crime stuff that's going on. And it's going to be really fun. We're going to do that every Thursday. So yeah, we're excited. That's going to be great. Yeah. And then we will be back again at 7 yeah. PM mountain on a Thursday night for the psychic hour. And it is marching orders for December. Marching orders, And I have obtained a copy Ooh. of seasons of the witch Yule Oracle and they are beautiful cards. So we're going to read from these. And Christy, you'll be, I don't know, doing whatever you want. <laughs> I'm going to do a dance. I don't know. I haven't decided. No. But you're going to do it all in interpretive dance, aren't you? I Yeah, it. I probably do know. But... <laughs> probably not. But we will be back here, obviously, a couple of times tomorrow and on TikTok tomorrow. So come find yeah. us over on TikTok. It's going to be a lot of fun. You will get sick of us. We, we will get probably sick of us. We will probably be sick of us, yes. <laughs> so thank you all so much for being here. 
And as always, you know it, we are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Take care.